What's up, everyone? Back for another episode of Locked On Bucks. And following on a little bit from yesterday, we've got some more details with Giannis going to play uh, for the Greek national team at Eurobasket coming up in September. And uh, speaking of Giannis, uh, the Bucks may have added another brother to the uh, organization as a whole. So we'll discuss uh, that, of course, here. And what's going on with the Celtics? Would the Celtics really make a major trade and shake things up after making the NBA Finals. It's interesting. It's definitely related to the Bucs, so we're going to discuss it. Uh, let's get started. Backs him down. Giannis into the lane. Giannis spinning. Fading shot. Up. Good for Giannis at the buzzer. Bucs win it. Locked on Bucks on the host Kane Pittman. You can see and hear me on this show Monday to Friday and also find my work over at ESPN alongside me. Uh, back on the show, you know, we we a workhorse on Locked on Bucks. It's the only way to describe him from the Bucks Radio Network, Justin uh, Garcia. And as always, we thank you for making Locked on Bucks your first listen or first watch of every day. And if you haven't jumped on YouTube yet, you can do it. We have different... Uh, Different ways we communicate with everyone. Last night's podcast talking about Giannis playing for the Greek national team was super popular. There was lots of comments there, particularly from our Greek friends. Uh, and I also put on a poll up on the YouTube page. So you can do different posts and polls and things. And I asked who you guys thought uh, would potentially be the fifth starter. So uh, check out YouTube if you haven't done it uh, already there. Uh, Justin, you're just part of a big lineup this week on Lockdown Bucks. So I should mention this <laughs> right off the top. Uh, I got the I got the solo pod out of the way early. Let's be honest. Nobody needs too many solo pods. So I got that out of the way early. You're with me tonight. Camille's going to be with me on Wednesday. Uh, Dave Kane. Wow. Uh, a colleague of yours. What get? Yes. Yeah, yeah, ask him to return my calls. Radio play-by-play <laughs> guy for the Bucks. He's going to be with us on Thursday. Then Blaine Mueller. Uh, part of the Bucks coaching staff as well. We just simply don't get too many opportunities to talk to the coaches like that. Uh, so it's going to be a fun week. I mentioned this is the last week we're going five days. So that'll be a bit of fun there. Uh, firstly, Giannis to the Greek national team. Any thoughts? Um, no. no I mean, <laughs> well, that's it. Really. That's a good episode yeah, today. Yeah, I was going to say, uh, really starving for content. <laughs> um, no, I mean, it's, you've like, this is a little different than the past few off seasons where you were still, um, you know, last few times a little hesitant, like, eh, I don't really know. Um, this is like the off season already feels like it's forever that it's yeah. back to the normal schedule. And you realize like, man, this is the way it always used to be that I, I don't, I don't really have a problem with it. And plus I think we're past the point of, that level of concern of like, what if something happens after what happened last year with the team winning a championship that they kind of, all right, do whatever you want. So um, yeah, it'll plus it's always fun to watch Giannis play in that environment and, you know, on that team. So um, I'm in favor of it. 
Yep, I agree. I sort of went through that. If you want to listen to my deeper thoughts on the uh, on the whole topic, you can go back and listen to yesterday's episode if you missed it. Uh, one note that I had in my notebook and I just completely got too excited in the solo pod and didn't get to it. And I mentioned our Greek friends, but a number of them were curious about this element to Giannis playing for the Greek national team. So Josh Oppenheimer, uh, assistant coach with the Bucks, uh, a guy that's worked very closely with Giannis in multiple stops that he's had uh, with Milwaukee is going to be on the Greek national team coaching staff for this tournament, yeah. which is it's kind of fascinating. I think it's pretty cool. Uh, I think this is just uh, when you talk about, you know, what are the Bucks actually going to say to Giannis? No, you can't play for the national team. Of course, they're not going to say that. Uh, when guys are passionate to play for their countries, I think you obviously have to go let them play. But the fact that Oppenheimer is spending so much time uh, well, had spent so much time with him in Greece. Now I was going to go to this tournament with him. We've seen uh, numerous members of the Bucks coaching staff that are over there. Uh, even Nick Monroe, our friend, has oh, been over there say. cutting some content. And from his Instagram, from Nick's Instagram, I want to say eating some delicious food as well. That's that's he's been going to say hard at work. Yeah, yeah if exactly. You just look right. at the Instagram. It's hard at work with twenty hour work days. If he's not snapping photos, he's eating delicious food. So that's uh, you know shout out to shout out to Nick for that. But I just think again, it's another example of the Bucks really going out of their way to say, listen, we understand you're the best player in basketball. What do you want to do in the off season? You do what you want to do, and we're going to be there with you because we know that you're going to be putting the work in. So I think it's fantastic. I think this is really cool that Oppenheimer will be with the team uh, for this tournament. Yeah, and uh, if you take it a step further too, like even the the teammates that have been with him in Greece yeah. where, you know, it's one thing if it's like, hey, Drew Holiday and Chris Middleton are going to ha- come hang out, but it's always a different group of guys every year. And Javon Carter yeah. and Jordan Wara were out there with him this year. Uh, so that was the neat part to see too, that it's not just Giannis saying, hey, the other stars, come hang with me mm. in Greece. It's literally all of his teammates that he's bringing out there uh, to be around him. And uh, the point you made too, I, I know there's a there's a segue to our next talking point, but oh. it was another sign of the hey Giannis, do whatever you want. No, absolutely, and this is uh, interesting. Uh, his brother Alex uh, has signed a deal. Or there was a, a transaction. I, honestly, I'm not all over these. Uh, I, I don't know the wording of how they went through this transaction, but whatever. It looks like Alex is going to be with the Wisconsin Herd organization. They're going to be playing in the G League here. We know he's uh, recently been playing for the Raptors at uh, 905 in the G League. And again, I just I think it's awesome. I mean, you, some people will laugh at this or, or whatever. But to me, if Alex is going to stick in the US or Canada in that instance and play in the G League, why the hell wouldn't he play for the Wisconsin Herd? It just makes perfect sense to me. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's a. It, it, there's you know no negatives to come from this. Uh, it was a player that you give up that you know. Um, I, I'm not even going to place value on who prospects are in the G League because I don't think any of us really know how to properly rate that unless you're an actual basketball scout right. or you watch all of the G League games. So the Bucks gave somebody up and they got Alex and uh, a draft pick in the G League draft but uh, yeah i mean i think we we kind of knew look when the bucks re-signed Giannis, it's we joked about it but whatever Giannis wants and if that's i want the nasus on the nba club i want alex here with the g league club maybe costas can get a gig with the herd as well or 
even Costas becomes an assistant coach, but I don't care as long as it means he's still here, that you have the best player in the world. And if that's the cost of keeping him happy and keeping him here long-term, you definitely do it. Yeah, Costas, uh, obviously a champ with the Lakers. I think I saw he, he was last playing in France or well, somewhere over that way. And I think actually playing decently well. But yeah, I agree. I mean, let's be honest. At this point, it wouldn't surprise anyone uh, if he ends up with the Bucks organization or the herd or whatever, it just that that would that would not shock anyone. I wouldn't imagine, particularly if he gets to a point where he's like, okay, well, I'm not going to get back to the NBA. Why don't I just go hang out with the fam? And I think that's probably where Alex is at right now. Uh, he's sort of been in and around the system for a little bit, but it's like, okay, well, uh, I may as well go hang out with Giannis. And then Thanasis, I again, I mean, this family is just incredible. But I, I've discussed this before with Thanasis. I was like, as a, someone that is competitive as these guys are. I was curious to see whether he would get to a point where he's like, maybe I'm just going to go play somewhere else in the NBA where I can I can play. Uh, he's a little bit older now. He's probably past that. He probably is just going to hang with the Bucks for the next few seasons and be obviously an incredible locker room guy. Uh, he'll get his opportunities through the regular season as he has over the last few years. But even just the idea that these guys that are all professional basketballers uh, to an extent and you can ask what the opportunities would be, but to an extent have just sacrificed their own you know, potential career and just said, oh, I'm going to, I'm going to be with, be, be with Giannis and be with the family. Uh, it's obviously unique, but it's pretty bloody cool. Yeah. And I, I want to say it was just the birthday last week that I Is think he's 30, 30, now. 30. Okay. I think he just turned 30. It might've been a week ago today too. Um, but yeah. And I, I, you know, part of it too, for everybody that, we are obviously very familiar with the story. And I think all Wisconsin sports fans are familiar with, you know, the family story and Giannis and Thanasis and, and how they got to the NBA level. But, um, you know, especially if you have seen rise part of it too, yeah. is you talk about the competitive nature it's there, but part of the competitive nature is just, you know, getting to the NBA that I think we've seen. They have a high value on, on family and togetherness. And that to them is hey, if I can play, in the NBA with my brother and be on the same team, that's worth more than maybe you'll play 15 minutes a night here on this team that, that probably isn't going to be as competitive as the Bucks. And I'll tell you who the big winner out of this. It's the residents of Oshkosh because not only are you going to get to watch Alex play on a regular basis, my bet is knowing Giannis, you're going to have Giannis in the building fairly regularly as well when the schedule permits. He'll, he'll come down there. I know he's gone and uh, watched the herd uh, play previously. But yeah, I would bet that uh, herd fans are going to see Giannis hanging out at uh, Wisconsin uh, Wisconsin herd G League games moving forward. Uh, one last one before we move on. Did you have any idea that there was a G League draft? <laughs> um, you could say I yes. Feel like I, I can, I, I can well, be on my. Idea. <laughs> I, I feel like I did because when I first saw the the report, um, and you saw draft pick, you're like, wait a minute, what? they're getting a pick, and then you read a little more and saw G League, and I feel like. Have I, did I see this or part of it? I feel like I, I quasi paid attention to it the first year the herd were in existence. And then you kind of realize, yeah, this is not anything I need to waste my time with. Yeah. I, I was like, G League draft. Wow. This is incredible stuff. I'm not hundred percent sure of that. Speaking of incredible stuff, what about Built Bar? Uh, I'll tell you the best tasting protein bar that has ever been made. And if you haven't tried Built Bar Puffs yet, you are depriving yourself of one of life's greatest joys. And guess what? There's a new flavor. Uh, there's always new flavors, but uh, once again, 
uh, a delicious, indulgent cookie dough covered in chocolate. Uh, Built has done it again, let me tell you. So uh, let's uh, let's introduce you to your new favorite cookie dough chunk puffs. They have a light and chewy texture, real cookie dough chunks. And of course, they're covered in 100% real chocolate. All the joys of eating cookie dough without the hassle of making it. Uh, plus the most ridiculous thing, it's healthy for you. Ch- cookie dough chunk puffs are only 160 calories and they have a whopping 15 grams of protein in them. It's kind of crazy. I'm like reading this and I'm thinking there's no possible way it could actually be healthy, but uh, it is. It's uh, it's it's a true miracle. It's a true life miracle. And like old Built Bars, the new cookie dough chunk puff is uh, covered in 100% real chocolate, as I said. That means they're healthy and tasty. Chocolate-covered cookie dough with a light, fluffy texture. Uh, it is so good. So uh, with all these flavors, we know they're not going to last very long. So go to Built.com, use the promo code LOCKED15, and you'll get 15% off your order. Use promo code LOCKED15 with 15% off at Built.com. You know, uh, I got to tell you, we are in the process of moving at the radio station to a new building in downtown Milwaukee. So we're going through and cleaning out our our desks. Uh, I know where you're heading. And I'm getting set for that in in about a a month or so. And really, the only thing I have to to clean and take with me is uh, my own coffee machine. And I just saw today, I still have about two boxes of Bilt Bars. That is just absolutely delicious. They probably won't even make the move. You'll probably eat them all at once. Uh, so as we get back to the basketball uh, chat here, uh, when you jumped on the stream today, you looked a little bit nervous. You looked a little anxious. <laughs> and I can tell why. I know why. You're shaking in your boots about the Boston Celtics having Kevin Durant, aren't you? <laughs> um. I was more agitated because I realized I set up the uh, notifications for trade deadline and never, and free agency, I guess for that matter, and never turned them off. So getting the notification at like one thirty-seven Milwaukee time in the morning from Woj that uh, the Celtics were discussing the possibility of trading for Kevin Durant had, had kind of started my uh, my Tuesday morning on the wrong foot. So that's the interesting thing. So I saw whoever was still up at that time of night uh, is, is crazy behavior. But for me, it was like about 8.30 at Perfect night. Timing. So, yeah, and, and you never get a Woj notification at that time of night. So when it popped through, I no. thought, this has to be some juicy stuff right here. Now, uh, Shams, of course, by the time I'd woken up, he'd gotten in on the action a few hours later. So full credit to Shams for actually sleeping last night. He's obviously woken up and said, my goodness, I better get something yeah. up on this deal. So... Uh, I think the interesting thing is, and you know, I know it's not in. If you're a Bucks fan, it's not in your nature to feel sorry for the Boston Celtics. But d- Jalen Brown just gets tossed around like he's a like he's a piece of trash when every time there's any discussion of a of a trade with the Celtics, and he was the best player for the Celtics in the finals, in my opinion. Yeah, um, yeah, I agree with that. And um, you know, obviously, Jason Tatum had a great postseason up until. This year, I don't know how you felt, but I was still much higher on Jalen Brown than I was Jason Tatum. Um, and again, Tatum was great in the playoffs and uh, kind of, I, I think, changed the opinion of him uh, from a lot of people. I just found it funny that, um, so when we joked about 
the tweet from Woj for that time when it was basically a nothing tweet of just it's four weeks. KD still wants to be traded and the Boston Celtics are, are kind of interested, which we kind of heard from the start that Boston was saying, hey, don't make a move before you contact us because we want to see what the going list is or what the going price is for them. Um, we had kind of talked about this before, too, when when this saga first developed with KD. But I did find it partially funny of the reports of the the Nets wanted just Jalen Brown for KD straight up, and I would assume picks. And uh, the Celtics countered that and, and were not willing to – or the Celtics wanted that, and the Nets countered it and, like, no, we need Marcus Smart, and that's where it was – no, absolutely not. Yeah. Which it's, you know, again, this is a guy that is Kevin Durant that is going to make you a championship contender. And, and I realize the Celtics you know, were two games away from winning it last year. But um, Marcus Smart is not the, the hill to die on if I'm Boston, if I can get Kevin Durant, because that makes you the clear cut best team in the Eastern Conference, I think. So that was always the um, I don't know how you felt, but for me, worst case scenario is he somehow finds his way to Boston because I, I just don't think Miami is a realistic target because of the pieces. And then you start to look at the other teams that make sense and they're all out West, which is best case scenario. The worst case scenario was always if he somehow ends up in Boston and it's a lot of good assets that Boston has that they can offer, even if it's Jalen Brown, that's gone. And you know, another piece it's still Jason Tatum, who we saw take a big leap and is one of the better scorers and a good two-way player, and Kevin Durant, who may be the best offensive player or at least the best you know shooter for his size in the game. So uh, it did make me, I don't know if I'd say nervous just yet, but it did kind of get your attention of, okay, let's let's see how much further this thing goes. Yeah, I've definitely, and we spoke about it a, a couple of weeks ago in relation to, because let's be honest, what happens with Kevin Durant, we feel like is going to shape the East and potential contenders for the Bucs. That's why it's it's such an interesting, uh, I guess, uh, trade or non-trade yet to, to track from a Bucks fan point of view. Uh, I also reference the fact that I think at this point in time, given the injuries the last few years, there is some risk or I don't want to, I don't know if risk is the right word, but there is some there is a, a world where Durant's just injured next year and, and it doesn't pan out. But I think depending on the situation you're in, so Miami, I can understand why they want to get in it because they probably don't think they can win the title right now. Uh, Toronto, again, I agree. They're, they're not a championship contender right now. Uh, but if, you know, I, I would take the risk to bring in Kevin Durant, which I've laughed about before. I was even listening to a podcast this morning again where I heard Raptors fans saying, you know, would you include Pascal Siakam in a Kevin Durant? It's like, what are you on about? Yes, Jordan would include Pascal Siakam. It's, it's so silly to me. Uh, but for the Celtics, there is, it, I, I can understand why there would be some pause because on one hand, if it all pans out, yeah, I agree. I mean, this is a, this is a seriously serious, uh, dangerous team. Uh, but they would also be walking away from a, a team at the moment where you've still got Brown and Tatum, which are, you know, not yet in their prime. They've had great success so far, but they're still not. They're still young. Uh, they've added Brogdon. Now, if he's healthy, great move. Marcus Smart. There's question marks still about the big men. I think because Al Horford's another year older. I don't think anyone's too fearful of Daniel Tice. So there's question marks 
with the big men. Uh, but Boston probably feel like as currently constructed, they're a contender anyway. So they're in a little bit of a, a different situation and maybe there's some pause there whether they really want to go through with a humongous package uh, for Kevin Durant. Yeah, and um, even guys like Grant Williams uh, seem yeah. to not be the same guy once they stopped playing against the Bucs. Yeah. Um, the, the interesting thing to me is, so the pros and cons of it, um, among the largest cons here are, like we mentioned, two games away from winning the title last year without Kevin Durant. And overall, you feel good about the nucleus of that team that, you know, Tatum and Jalen Brown, you'd expect to be there long term. I think it's two years left that Jalen Brown has on his deal. But uh, Marcus Smart, it all seemed to fall into place where there was the chemistry issues and the fit concerns, but they figured that stuff out at the midpoint of the season and got better. So that's one of the cons. But the other, you know, interesting part of it to me is what if this trade, we hope, does not go through and you go into the regular season with a team that had a decent amount, maybe it was only early, but still had a decent amount of infighting last year. And now all of a sudden Jalen Brown enters the year knowing you tried to trade me for Kevin yeah. Durant. That's, that's going to be an interesting fit. Yeah. That would be the other uh, question. I guess Boston would have a better idea of it than we do sitting from afar. I wonder how much they feel last year was sort of the perfect storm and can that possibly happen again? Who knows? They've, they've, they'll have an idea uh, there. The Nets would be kind of interesting if they had Ben Simmons and Kyrie Irving and Jalen Brown and, of course, the legendary Patty Mills. Uh, I don't know. I, I'm, fa- I'm fascinated because Brooklyn, to me, seems to be a team that if they do trade, uh, they kind of want to get a really, really good player. Like It seems like they don't want to completely tear this thing to pieces i guess the the strange or the thing i've always found kind of strange with the the brooklyn component is everybody that's pointed to all of the picks that they've given up for the foreseeable future as reasons why they can't tear it down and and rebuild and have to try to win now i completely disagree i mean those are sunk costs you can't get those back so it's not like we have to try to win because we're giving up these draft picks to Houston. So they might as well be bad picks. If you can recoup picks in a deal, then you do it that you've already kind of, you know, there's some cost you've kissed those picks goodbye. So I don't necessarily agree with that logic, but the other interesting thing, and I, I know uh, Nick Friedel was talking about this a little bit today is, you know, it's going to be interesting to see how do the Nets choose to handle this because it seems like Durant has a good relationship with Josai and Sean Marks, but at what point do they kind of detour from the, yeah, let's do something that that really helps Kevin and is right by Kevin because he's got four years left on that deal and you turned over the franchise to him and Kyrie and now all of a sudden he doesn't want to be here anymore, that at what point do you kind of grow tired of that and just say, you know, I know this is your preferred destination, but this team offered us a better package. That's what we're doing. Sorry. So um, I'm not ruling out him staying in Brooklyn and not getting traded this off season, because if I'm the Nets, regardless of him making the trade demand, I'm holding out for an incredibly high package. I mean, this is 
potentially one of the 10 greatest players of all time from, you know, what we've seen from him. So it's a guy that definitely makes you a title contender, not just giving him up for a less than ideal package to the place he wants to go. Uh, no question. And we do, every time we mention this, have a couple of people that jump in the YouTube comments and say, uh, you know, the Bucks just need to trade for Kevin Durant. Uh, my message is give it up, people. <laughs> it's not happening. Uh, speaking of the YouTube comments, though, I, I did a poll so we can uh, wrap up this pod on this topic here. I was discussing the fifth starter and expectations with Marjon Bochamp and Jordan Wara and what we think is going to happen with him. Uh, and then not really, wasn't really planned, but by the end of this conversation, I ended up getting to the point of, well, who do we think is going to start uh, for the Bucks? It's something we've loosely discussed before, but I thought, let's chuck a poll up. Let's see what the people think. I did a poll on Twitter. I also did a poll uh, on YouTube. And in both polls, uh, Grace and Allen ended up winning with a, with a decent uh, number of uh, votes there. The biggest difference was on YouTube. There's a big Marjon Bochamp uh, following on their YouTube faithful. Uh, on Twitter, not so much. But uh, the options I basically had, and these are the only four options I really see, unless I'm forgetting someone and you want to throw someone else in the mix. But I had Grayson Allen, Wesley Matthews, Pat Connaughton, or Bochamp. Other, or other, but really it's Bochamp, I think. I would uh, I would have two, well, yeah, I would have two answers. I kind of feel like Wesley Matthews might start early, and not that he's going to play a lot of minutes, but as you get a little bit of time into the season that it, it becomes Grayson Allen, perhaps. Um, I know there's just this groundswell of Marjan Bochamp support for him to start. And I think summer league, it was not the wet blanket on that. Um, yeah. I just don't see it that I, it's either Grayson or Wesley Matthews to me. I think you're probably right. And by the way, I think Grayson Allen got married on the weekend. I saw some photos uh, floating around social media. I didn't get an invite, uh, much to my surprise, but uh, it seemed like seemed like a fun time. Seemed like a lovely, uh, lovely wedding there. So shout out to uh, to Grayson. I think, yeah, I think you'll probably start. I mean, you know, an obvious guy that could come in and would fit like a glove would be Pat Connaughton. But I think we've learned that Bud probably likes the stability uh, off the bench with Pat. And as we've seen, he may not start games. Uh, but he certainly finished enough games in recent years that I don't think uh, I don't think it overly matters. Uh, something that does matter is uh, locked on NBA, though. Uh, so you should check out that podcast as well. I'm sure they've got more ideas about what the heck is going on with Kevin Durant and potential other trades. Donovan Mitchell still hasn't happened yet, Justin. So check out the Locked On NBA podcast after you're done uh, with Locked On Bucks, but. People think we can't do it, Justin. They, they think that right throughout the offseason, we can't talk for 30 minutes a day. Uh, but nothing can stop us. Uh, it's a testament to you. And uh, oh, it's wow. just me showing up, just like uh, just like the Bucks broadcast. I'm just there. And it's a testament to the other guys. I'll take it. I'll take the credit. Uh, as I mentioned, Camille's going to be back tomorrow and uh, some cool guests uh, to wrap up the week here so still plenty of podcasts check out yesterday's uh on Giannis playing for greece i know uh, a lot of our listeners are very excited and so they should be i said i can relate to that i get excited when the boys are playing for the green and gold playing for australia so i, I much much respect to the greek national team we hope they do well and i didn't even mention it i almost forgot it again uh mamu is going to be playing for georgia i believe in Eurobasket as well so we hope that uh 
that goes well uh, for Mamu. But the good news for us is come September, we've got basketball to watch and we can watch our guys play. And uh, that makes my life easy from the podcast business. So I'm personally thrilled. Uh, It always comes back to some sort of selfish motivation from me. We understand that. Uh, So I can't wait. Uh, But we'll be back tomorrow. Camille will be here. Justin and myself, take it easy. See you guys tomorrow.